The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Genesis 21, 1. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And this is Off Script, the podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. I'm excited to get started today. This is the first episode in season two where I get to interview Reagan, because Reagan preached yesterday. Yeah. Are you excited? I mean, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous <laughs> when you ask me questions, so. <laughs> Did you have fun yesterday? I did, but can we just say it was a little bit too much of me? Like, especially the 11 o'clock service, it was like, okay, so I'm going to do the baptism, and then did the children's moment, and then I preached, and then I did the intro to the offertory, right. and then cut to a video yep. of me featuring, you, yeah. featuring me, and then follow up, and then benediction. I was like, this is too much of Reagan. You were also in the video asking for volunteers before the service. Right. I yeah. was like, y'all, this is, people are going to be worn out. <laughs> By like midway through the service. So yeah, it was, I mean, it was fun, but it was, it's pretty exhausting. And the day before was the women's all day event, which went fantastic, but it was just two full, full day. So mm-hmm. I took a nice nap yesterday okay. afternoon. All right. Very good. And you're well rested today. Uh, I think, I don't know. I'm still pretty tired. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yesterday we did celebrate women in, in ministry and uh, I guess we might as well talk a little bit about that at the top. Mm-hmm. So what would you say was the theme or the takeaway from our Sunday services yesterday? In terms of like celebrating women? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, what was our so, point? Why so our, do that? Yeah, so our point was to, well, we're uplifting different ministries um, throughout our church because one, we're trying to um, remind people because it's been a weird 18 months yeah. to remind them of everything that, that goes on and ways that they can get connected and, and plugged in and um, the sense of, um, I mean, I feel like the women, the women's ministry, there's like a lot of power in this church, like the women that lead and teach, um, not necessarily the people on staff, them included, but just the women in our church in general, um, really lead in really amazing ways. And so highlighting that and, you know, not all denominations, not all Christians really recognize that women can be. In ministry yeah. and you're understating that. Yeah. The vast majority do, do not. Do not. Uh, certainly an ordained ministry, right? Right. The fact that we, like, I literally can teach and pre- I can do all the things that you can, you know? Um, and well, that we, sounded like a flex. <laughs> it was, <laughs> but just in general, like, cause being a female, especially it makes it a little bit more complicated that my husband's a pastor because when I, used to and i'm like well my i work with my husband he's a pastor like oh so you're like a pastor's wife mm-hmm. i'm like no no we have the same degree and mm-hmm. did like the same thing um but as i mentioned i think in all the services i mean i still meet people not necessarily weekly but pretty frequently that are like oh i didn't know women mm-hmm. could preach or or lead mm-hmm. and so it's important to uplift that um especially show young girls i think in the congregation that they can do it um so yeah it was it was a good day. And how long have Methodists been officially ordaining women? Uh, over 60 years. So when I got fully ordained in 2018, that was the 60th anniversary. So at 63 years, that's still within the lifetime of many people in our congregation. Correct. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, even though John Wesley was, um, very, uh, how, how do you say it? Affirming of mm-hmm. women in leadership and women preachers, speakers, we still didn't fully ordain women. Right. Until within the lifetime of many people. Right. And I mean, being connected to other conferences and even sometimes in our own conference, I mean, there's some churches when they find out they're getting a woman pastor, they're not they're not happy mm. about it. Mm. And so we're, we're still struggling mm-hmm. with that. Um, I also think it's just a good example of, of showing because some people may have the mindset. I don't know if women can lead or teach as well mm. is, is that whole concept of like people that you think can't do it or maybe are not equipped or not qualified, mm. maybe are actually very much called to it. So I think it's just a good reminder. Absolutely. And so yesterday was about, uh, certainly women in ordained leadership, which we have several, uh, ordained women on mm-hmm. staff, but then lay leadership as well. We have very strong women lay leaders mm-hmm. and uh, terrific ministry. So it was a good, it was a good Sunday yeah. and, uh, all of the elements of the service reinforced what we were trying to, to say there. Yeah. So, all right, let's pivot to the subject for the, for the day the, okay. for your sermon. Uh, so we're, it was week three of our sermon series. It's complicated. The story of Abraham and Sarah. And so, uh, as a woman of faith mm-hmm. and a woman raising a daughter, mm-hmm. um, what would you say are, uh, three female biblical characters that you would kind of point Andy to your okay. daughter? Yeah. Uh, as someone to emulate, someone to look up to. Okay. Give me a top three. Eve, definitely. <laughs> just don't follow the rules. Just do your own thing. Okay. Yeah. Just kidding. No. <laughs> Very opposite. Um, let's see. I mean, Deborah. Is pretty, mm. you know, I mean, I think what I love about Deborah is that she what book? judges. Okay. And so just thinking about how she's like, well, a woman's going to do it. And then a woman like is going to be conquer going to be the one that wins, I guess. Um, and she does it. And that's so opposite of she's very assertive kind of character. And that's very opposite of, of me. Mm. And so I kind of like I like her. Um, her leadership. And so I want, and I feel like Andy has very natural leadership. So I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to, that's true. to foster that. <laughs> um, I really love Ruth, of course. That's probably like a really um, expected answer, but I love Ruth. You know, I try to teach Andy to put others needs before hers, hmm. which is a tricky balance because right. you want to teach your kids to think of others and put them before you, but also speak up and advocate for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, how you do that with your boys, but it's, it's a really hard, yeah, but I do love that Ruth kind of, um, loves Naomi and, you know, Ruth could go do something, but she cares for Naomi. And so she kind of puts, um, Naomi's needs before her. And I do believe we're doing a Ruth sermon series in early 2020. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And then, hmm, I like Phoebe. Phoebe is very briefly talked about in Romans, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mainly I love her because when uh, I meet people that don't agree that women should lead or do anything, I'm like, well, what about Phoebe? Mm-hmm. And they usually they have no idea who she <laughs> right, is, which right. is really fun to stump those people, <laughs> usually men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I like that she was um, a servant and kind of a leader and, and all of that. Um, and then, of course, Mary, um, Jesus' mother, the mm-hmm. fact that she said yes to something that was really risky but she knew it was for the better of like the whole entire world and that she carried that, even though it was like a very big responsibility. Mm. She said yes. So, so the, how far down that list would you have to go to get to Sarah? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, because Sarah's a complicated character. She is. And we're going to get into that a fair amount. But 
I don't know. She, Maybe a few more than her. She wouldn't be at the very bottom, but she's okay. not. She's not very close to the top. Would she be above? Would she be above Eve? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Esther, where's Esther on that list? Oh, Esther's probably be like my next one mm-hmm. after. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. So, uh, a couple of places here. I'm just going to directly quote you from the sermon and um, get you to kind of reflect more on it. So, at one point early on in the sermon, you say that that Sarah is incredibly strong, resilient, and patient as well as faithful. Mm-hmm. So I, the line is there's this incredibly strong, resilient and patient and faithful woman. And she also made some mistakes, which is why I love her and why I think she's the perfect matriarch for us. So unpack that a little bit. <laughs> the perfect matriarch is a very strong, yeah. uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a very strong endorsement <laughs> yeah. of, of who Sarah is, but like, what is it about her that makes her a role model and the quote unquote perfect maker? Okay. Maybe that was a really strong term. But um, just in general, I love that the Bible is very full of very flawed people that are not perfect. Mm-hmm. Because if we had these people that had just a high, such a, you know, high standard, never messed up, it'd be really hard to relate to them. So I feel like Sarah is very relatable. I think what I really appreciate is that, that I honestly believe that she really wanted to believe in this promise and this um, of a son and all these things. And she really really tried hard to trust. Like, I really think she set out in the beginning to be faithful and and not like, I think she really wanted to be on the straight path. It's almost like when I read, I feel like I can feel her. Like, I really want to not mess this up. I don't know. And this is maybe me just being more creative with, with scripture and trying to like get into the character's mind. Um, but I, I like that, um, she had difficulties and struggles and, um, I don't know. I just see myself, I see all of us really in her. She's very, very human. Hmm. Okay. But like, what is it about her that makes her a role model? Um, I mean, I hear the relatable yeah. coming through loud and clear. Probably. Well, that's a good question, Chris. So maybe she's not like the best role model for us. Cause as we dig more into like her mistakes, <laughs> there's some pretty big ones she does. Mm-hmm. I do wish there was more to her story of like, did she ever repent for things, mm. which we'll talk about mm. in a little bit. But um, I think she's a role model in the way that she put maybe Abraham before herself at times. Mm. Um, I think she she did really try to trust and care, and sometimes she went along with things. Sometimes I wish she hadn't gone along with things. Um, and so I think she's someone, honestly, also sometimes role models can be people, maybe this is opposite of like, okay, we shouldn't act like that. She's almost like this example of like what not to do as well. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you do a good job in the sermon of highlighting the fact that, I mean, she is a very muted character. Mm-hmm. So she's named a couple of times, but sometimes she's only referred to in, in relation to Abraham mm-hmm. or Abram. Right. And then we do have to read a fair amount into her story. Yeah. And I, I appreciated how you, I mean, you, you got into her mind frame, but it does take, um, like it takes some work, you yeah. know what I mean? Like we have to assume some things. Yeah. Um, so the thing the, the thing about the story of Sarah is that the story of Hagar uh, mm-hmm. casts a very long shadow yeah. over the story of Sarah. And so um, you just briefly summarize what happens with, with Hagar. Um, and then <laughs> I want to push you on how you refer to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So in, uh, so there's two, Big things with Hagar. So we know that after Hagar conceives, after being with Abram. Yeah, who's Hagar? Um, it's Sarah's like 
I mean, slave girl. Yeah. Um, so Egyptian slave girl. Yes. Right. So after she conceived, Sarah, even though it was Sarah's idea, <laughs> um, just cannot handle it. And so she, it says she's very harsh. And so Hagar ends up running away. Mm-hmm. Um, which there's this really beautiful scene where she names God. Mm-hmm. It's a really powerful scene. Right. And I didn't, that was one thing that kind of got on the cutting room floor. I'm like, I don't have time. I got to focus on, yeah, on I mean, Sarah. We, we could do a whole, a whole series on Hagar, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she comes back. Um, and then it's in chapter 21, which I read from, is that it's after Isaac's born. So Ishmael, you know, he's been around for a while. Um, and Sarah just cannot deal with it. And so she, demand Abraham to send them away. I mean, into the wilderness with like hardly anything like to die essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's not a great (laughs) example or a great moment in Sarah. Um, and so, yeah, I really struggle with that. And I said that in the sermon, like, I don't like that Sarah did this. Mm -hmm. Like it was wrong. It was also wrong that Abraham just agreed to it. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I they, mean, Abraham's got, he's got his own. They both yeah, do. Yeah. Like, they both just go along and they don't, like, all the times that he would say, well, she's my sister and different things. And she just went, you know, they both just don't know when to, like, push back a little bit. So they both are guilty of that. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about, I mean, as far as we know from the text, the, the fact that Hagar's story gets redeemed mm-hmm. and that Ishmael is still blessed. Yes. Even though he's not part of the covenant. Mm-hmm. That's all God. That's all God. <laughs> right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with Abraham and Sarah. Mm-mm. Really, Abraham and Sarah, but we're focusing on Sarah today, just come off looking really bad. Like really? They did, their behavior is really quite cruel Yeah, when it comes down to it. So what do we do with that? Like, <laughs> So that's part of our story. Mm-hmm. That's part of our faith history. I mean, that's yeah. part of the foundation of our faith history. So h- how do we wrestle with that? You do a nice job at the end bringing God into it. I sure. mean, certainly we can look at it from God's perspective. But in terms of of, of Sarah's character, mm-hmm. what, talk, talk well, about that. As it, when you sent these questions and I was kind of looking over them, and you know, you probably like this when you end a sermon and then someone like talks to you like, oh, I should have said this mm-hmm. or I should have. Why didn't I go into mm-hmm. that? So what I've been wrestling with since yesterday is that I probably should have really highlighted more. Um, about Sarah did a lot of, like, she's our example of what not to do. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe the lesson really <laughs> for Sarah is like, don't be like that, mm-hmm. which kind of messes with me because I spent all this tr- time kind of trying to redeem her. And right. then I was like, oh, now I'm back to this point, <laughs> which is, that's kind of what's so interesting about scripture is that you can kind of get into it. And then like someone raises one question, you're like, oh gosh, okay, mm-hmm. now the deck is like, <laughs> it's fallen. Let's go back to square one. So that's one thing that I do love about scripture, but, um, but, but that's what I've been thinking about, Chris. I'm like, oh, maybe she really is an example of what if she's someone that I'm like, don't be like that. <laughs> so now that's what I'm going to be chewing on for the next like two weeks. <laughs> well, so to me, it's important to redeem is the word you used. And I think that's, uh, we're using that colloquially, mm-hmm. right? It's not like redemption, like we think of redemption, but to redeem Sarah as compared to Abraham with this whole laughter thing, like this mm-hmm. whole fact that she found this an unbelievable promise of God. Abraham did the same thing. Like, yeah. So we need to let her off the hook there. Right. But then her own behavior, on the one hand, we can be very sympathetic with her lifelong desire for a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, you did a beautiful job of bringing us into the moment when that promise was made good. Mm-hmm. Right. In a yeah. way that I think only a mom really can. Yeah. Like you, the way you expressed it was just really beautiful. But then, you know, like the character that comes to mind biblically for me in talking about Sarah is David. I mean, David had all kinds of things to uh, recommend him. 
mm-hmm. and all kinds of things which we can emulate in him. And then that whole horrid story with Bathsheba mm-hmm. highlights the complicated nature of humanity and the flawed nature of humanity and the imperfect nature of humanity. It also gives us a chance to emphasize the goodness of God. So mm-hmm. let's let's pivot to that. Let's let Sarah okay. off the hook for a minute. Okay. So what in that story, what does that story tell you about God, the nature of God? Oh, I mean that. I mean, I kind of said that God's full of grace and, and forgiveness. Um, cause you and I had talked about this in the weeks leading up to it. it um, that, yeah, God absolutely could have said, okay, the deal is off. We're not doing it. And that God is so, um, patient with us. And that really, I think God, I hate to use this term, but God really wants us to win, wants us to succeed. Um, and I feel like God does all that God can to, um, give us chances to do good, to choose right and all of that. Um, so yeah, that's what I would mm-hmm. kind of say. And okay. your punchline at the end of the sum- sermon about God is, is what, so what do you say at the very end? There? So at the very end, I said, you know, Sarah made a lot of mistakes, but the way to see how God responds to her makes me want to know that God more. Yeah. Yeah. And your prayer for everybody in the room mm-hmm. is that we would want to know that God more mm-hmm. as well. Right. Yeah. Okay, so in trying to show grace to Sarah, <laughs> you get us into her frame of mind and talk about how she was acting out of desperation. And I think I think everybody can relate to that. Yeah, I mean, our, our levels of desperation vary, and the subject determines the uh, like the severity, the intensity of that mm-hmm. desperation. But her response to the des- that desperation is kind of this unhealthy cruelty to another human being. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy, that'll preach, right? I mean, we can open the headlines, look in the world, and and Mm -hmm. and just point out any number of ways that people react that way. What would have made her a more sympathetic character, again, (laughs) specifically in relation to her uh, actions with Hagar? Right. Like, what do you wish the author of Genesis would have done (laughs) with her story? Right. Well, for one, I mean, out of her desperation, she wants to make a way for Abraham to have a a child because she feels like, okay, it's clearly not going to be me. So out of her desperation, she picks the person close, you know, okay, Hagar. So that, so, and you make the point in the sermon that that was not an uncommon, right. As abhorrent as we might consider that behavior to be through modern sensibilities. And hopefully even if we were living at the time, right. Regardless, it was a common practice. And so, I mean, in that way, you kind of let her off the hook a little bit yeah, or at least was understood where she was yeah, coming from. She didn't just think of that mm-hmm. like other people she knew probably had done that before. Right. You know, I really wish that she <laughs> would have forged this friendship with Hagar and they could have kind of um, raised the child kind of together to have, you know, two moms, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then Abraham with, um, because they're, I was just thinking about that, about that, um, just the whole concept of like co-parenting. Mm-hmm. Like when that's done really well, man, it's a really beautiful thing. Um, so I wish she would have just shared in that instead of just being so jealous. And, um, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense because you're like, Sarah, like you literally are the one that thought it was your idea. And then all of a sudden you are not okay with it. Of course, that's what we humans do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. So, and of course, when she actually, I really wish she hadn't actually sent Hagar away. Right. That's what's, this is the big example of, of her showing us what not to do is that if you have a problem or an issue, like you can't just shove it down mm-hmm. or get rid like that way, like you're actually not dealing with it. So I do wish there was a part where like 
that relationship could have been redeemed and there could have been forgiveness and all that. And we don't see that. And so I feel like Sarah's story kind of is not complete because we don't really hear much again. Right. You know, she dies a few chapters later and then you're just kind of like, Oh, what happened? Mm -hmm. We have, I just have a lot of questions. So, yeah. So yeah. Okay. So, um, let's pivot away from Hagar because that's, that is, uh, again, that's a whole sermon series in and of itself. But I think, Hagar, I think there are lots of parallels between the story with uh, Sarah and Hagar and David and Bathsheba, mm-hmm. but having a lot to do with power differential. And I mean, there's a whole lot going on there. Yeah. You make an important point that it raised a question for me uh, that I hadn't really thought of before. And I'm wondering if we can explore it. So you said, I think we underestimate the faith and trust that Sarah had in God from the beginning. And that got me to thinking, did she have faith in God? I know you wrote that. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> no, I, I, I never, I never really yeah. thought of it this way before, uh, because I, my, my first reaction when you preached it yesterday and when I read it again in the manuscript was like, yeah, that, of course, she's super trusting. Yeah. God, though, is she really, is it really like, is her, uh, her willingness to go along with the plan mm-hmm. due to her marriage and her relationship with Abraham? Yeah. Or is it her, relationship with God. I mean, this, we have to read a fair amount of the text here to get yeah. it, but what do you think? Um, so I, I want to believe the best in people. Like that's one of my, I mean, I guess it's a good quality of me. That is a good quality. Yeah. Um, for sure. and so man, I really, I really want her because she had, she had trust and like excitement and um, now you're reading that into it. Too. I know I'm totally okay. reading yeah, into yeah. that. Um, that's what I w- want to, but then a part of me is like, maybe she actually just really wanted a kit and it was all about that. <laughs> like, Right. I mean, maybe. Yeah, she, I mean, maybe her motivation was entirely selfish. Right. right. Maybe mm-hmm. she didn't even care about, like, I guess I'll go with this guy. <laughs> like, I mean, I know they were married, but I don't know. Maybe it was completely like, I just want a kid and this is my ticket to it. Hmm. So I don't know. That's a good question. What do you think? Well, I mean, so I'm teaching Genesis this fall. Yeah. And um, I'm going pretty deep on these texts as well. And I'm going to be looking for that. I mean, I, I'm not sure that that there's ever an encounter between Sarah and God. Right. Right. I mean, I kind of made a joke about it in my sermon. I was like, okay, everyone go to chapter 12 when God talks to Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not there. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But it makes you, it does make you wonder. Um, but I mean, Sarah's just uplifted. I mean, people loved Sarah. You know, I feel like, I mean, who, who people are you talking well, about? just, I feel like in the Holy Land when they're like, oh, Sarah's buried there. And this mm. is, you know, there's just all of this. And I was just thinking about this and I'm like, well, what, what did Sarah do that made us kind of worship or idolize her? I don't know. Yeah. Right. She was super cruel to Hagar yeah. and she laughed when she found out she was having a baby. So now I'm like, I don't know if so my what, sermon what makes exactly sense. What exactly makes her a perfect matriarch again? <laughs> preacher? I know. <laughs> uh, just, well, okay. But this opens up a bigger conversation then about my inclination is to do exactly what you do and read a tremendous amount of faith into her story. Mm-hmm. Uh, because whatever the dynamics were between her and Abraham, she did go along mm-hmm. and she is an important part of the story. Yeah. Um, but it is very rare in scripture that you get a female character that's, that's highlighted mm-hmm. as uh, the heroine of the story. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think, I think this is what makes, um, in the Orthodox tradition, the, the emphasis on Mary so extraordinary <laughs> because, and it's clear in scripture that she is the heroine of the story. Right. Luke is, is a, it's a very, um, uh, I mean, it's not just a positive. It's a, 
in in the Orthodox tradition, she, she's the Theotokos. She's the God bearer, <laughs> you know. But she, but that's a real rare instance mm-hmm. in Scripture. Even and by the way, it's in the same vein, mm-hmm. an unexpected pre- pregnancy, albeit at the beginning of life, as opposed to yeah. close to the end of life. But I mean, yesterday was Women's Ministry Sunday, and yeah. we, we we made a point to highlight the fact that we celebrate women in ministry, not just ordained ministry, but all of our women's ministries. Um, Talk about that in the context, though, of scripture that tends to be very patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Like, how, why do you love the Bible so much if it if it mutes all the women's voices? Right. You know, I think it, it takes a little bit more digging to kind of see um, at times the the power and that. Um, I mean, women move the story along much more than we think. I mean, when you read about whether it's the lineage to Christ or all these things, like. You take the women out, nothing's happening. And so I think there's something unique about how women have at times quietly and not asking for praise or recognition. We're always um, really faithful, I feel like, to God's, um, you know, whatever God asked of them and, and, and whatnot. Of course, now I'm seeing like, okay, how can women not be the ones in the background? How can we actually be the ones that are leading? Like, I'm so thankful for all the women in the Bible that maybe we didn't know a lot about their story or their background. Um, but because they came before us and built, we're, I mean, we're, we're standing on what women built thousands of years ago. Um, and I think for all of time, I think God always created men and women to be a voice and to be uh, people that um, spread God's love and all of that. I think we were always equipped. It's just through the time um, somehow we, or the way people read the Bible, have said, oh, it's just about men. Um, and so I'm hoping that we can see that women have such a powerful place. They always have. Um, and maybe we eventually we can have the, the respect and the honor that a lot of men have, mm-hmm. have, have always had. So then maybe that's part of the, um, like subconscious, uh, motivation to give Sarah the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, she's clearly an important part of the story. Yeah. And this one awful thing, to all the things that she did yeah. with regard to Hagar. Um, but you also, I mean, like I said, like, I don't want to be remembered for my worst sure. moment. Yeah, sure. Unfortunately, I think with Sarah, like, that's <laughs> such a big moment. Yeah, yeah. That's your what, worst moment's a little different than her right. worst moment. <laughs> right. And so yeah. um, that's why I want to believe, gosh, there's got to be more to Sarah mm-hmm. than that. Because if I, if I want to... If I want people to look at me and not define me by all of my bad stuff, I gotta, I gotta have some grace for people mm-hmm. in the Bible too. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. Um, but I do think it is kind of frustrating that Abraham also made so many mistakes, but he is revered as just this like wonderful thing. And Sarah just, I don't know, she doesn't get talked about as much. Mm-hmm. And granted, what she did with Hagar is really horrible. Yeah. But I just feel like, man, Abraham did some stuff too. So did, were you part of the, did you read Inspired? Um, I read it a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because doesn't she? Doesn't Rachel Hill Evans do something? Yeah. That has a kind of a, a broader yeah. So she of Hagar's story. so but, she's such an incredible uh, she's such an incredible writer. But between or in front of each chapter, she does like a creative um, mm. own telling of different characters and different things. And the one that she does Hagar, yeah. If you really don't want to like Sarah, <laughs> read that. Right. <laughs> but I mean. To uh, to highlight and uplift a voice that mm-hmm. is often muted. Correct. Um, that that could be a source for people to go to yeah. if they want to read more about it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, when we get to the New Testament era, when we get to the Gospels, Christ's uh, ministry <laughs> included ministry with all 
people, mm-hmm. regardless of gender. Paul is very clear in Christ there is no male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that narrative does, does shift significantly in the New Testament yeah. era, and obviously a thousand years passed between the time or longer, but yeah. in in terms of writing, the writing of the story, um, between these stories and, and when we get to the story of Christ, that's good. So, all right, Abraham, you mentioned Abraham. He's, he, uh, he wasn't always perfect either. Mm-mm. So next week we're wrapping up with the story of the sacrifice of Isaac. Yeah. So, and I'm, I've got that one. Yeah. Um, Thank goodness. I don't have that one. <laughs> it's also, Music Ministry Sunday. So Jason was like, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for that uplifting music. <laughs> I like the music ministries on a, like the, yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of hymns about the sacrifice of Isaac. So, um, I mentioned that we were going to be doing a study of our sermon series, a little mini series on Ruth in 2022. In January, we're going to talk about troubling passages in the Bible. And I, of all the passages in scripture, the one we're dealing with next week is, I mean, personally, the most troubling. Yeah. Uh, I think, I guess they're all, that's probably a tough ranking system to come up with, but this one's a tough one. Uh, So we'll be talking about that next week before we pivot and move on and close Mm -hmm. our session. Anything else you wanted to say about Sarah, the sermon yesterday? Maybe don't listen to it now because now I don't know if I stand by it. So can I redact that and say, never mind. No, no, it's out there forever. (laughs) Forever. And it was solid. (laughs) So, um, no, I mean, I think. Diving into scripture and really, I love being just imaginative when I read scripture um, because I want to know, I want to, I don't know if I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm like, well, what if they were thinking this? Or maybe this is how they felt or maybe this is why they did this. I think it's a really good exercise um, to do when you read the Bible. Um, so I would just encourage you to look at some characters, maybe with different, different lenses. It's good for you. Excellent. All right, y'all. Well, we uh, very much appreciate you spending the uh, few minutes with us on off script every week we will be back next week with our next episode until then god bless you have a wonderful week thanks for joining us for this episode off script it was hosted by reverend chris dowd and reverend reagan gilland you can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available like subscribe and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode thank you for supporting us have a great week